Hi there, my name is Jennifer Brennan and I'm delighted to welcome you to the first official Stratus Insights podcast from Stratus Consulting. Stratus Consulting is an expert partner-led consultancy comprising of the most experienced team of employment relations and industrial relations practitioners in Ireland. Today I'm joined by Brendan McGinty, managing partner with Stratus Consulting. Brendan is a founding member of the Stratus team, along with Brendan McCarthy and Liam Doherty. Brendan, you're very welcome and thanks for joining me. Thanks, Jennifer. So today's discussion will focus on the topic of private sector pay. There's no doubt that amidst all the recent uncertainty and constant sense of change due to the pandemic, that it's a topic of great consideration for many and in particular for employers. Many are trying to navigate uncertain territory and not only do right by their employees, but also by their business. Stratus recently issued pay guidance for employers on private sector pay in 2021. I suppose we'll start, Brendan, why did Stratus choose to focus on this particular topic and why did they feel the need to issue guidance on the pay issue? Uh, thanks, Jennifer. The feedback, I suppose, that we've had with from our own clients um, which are in a very diverse range of sectors, mainly in the private sector, from um, uh, financial services to manufacturing to agri-food uh, to pharmachem and indeed others who are reliant on uh, the domestic economy. Uh, I suppose what we're picking up was very diverse uh, feedback in terms of the experiences that they were having um, as a result, obviously, of COVID-19. And uh, it, it was equally the case that amidst, obviously, the shock that has uh, been witnessed, I suppose, by all of those companies across all sectors, that uh, as the prospect for recovery now loomed, uh, some consideration needed to be given to what uh, their pay strategy might be. And uh, I suppose our sense of it uh, certainly was that um, as the prospect of economic recovery is so dependent clearly on the success of the vaccination program, it still remains very unclear at what pace the recovery will ultimately take hold. But what is certain, I think, is uh, the fact that it will not be even across all sectors. So um, I suppose that the, the, the main sort of feedback that we were picking up uh, and we felt it was important, as opposed to put this into context, uh, was that for the most part, uh, for employers, that uh, the notion of pay increases were going to be off the agenda um, for 2021, and especially so for those that were going to be uh, reliant on on the domestic economy. And uh, one of the, I suppose, certainly one of the contextual issues is that very often, of course, one of the drivers of the pay conversation at the level of the employment might be informed by what's happening to price inflation and matters of that nature. And uh, uh, as a consequence, obviously, of various factors, including the impact, obviously, of, uh, of the pandemic, uh, price inflation is not um, a, a significant threat in the near term. Uh, and in fact, we, we, we've essentially, as opposed, been witnessing uh, negative inflation uh, uh, for, for 2020 and in the earlier part of this year, uh, it's been minus 0.6%. Uh, and we know that uh, the headline inflation uh, really for uh, this year and next 
is estimated by the central bank as opposed to be no more than about uh, 0.7 or 0.8%. But the, uh, the net point, I think, is that with such a benign inflation uh, environment, um, pay settlements in excess of those sorts of figures really cannot, in truth, be justified uh, by reference to uh, cost of living uh, criteria. And uh, we also have to recognise that, look, the scale of the impact uh, on businesses, on citizens, uh, pretty much in everybody in society has been has been so huge. Uh, remember that uh, we, you know, we're, we're likely to see uh, unemployment peak at twenty five percent now in this uh, uh, quarter, um, having been at about an average uh, of uh, just over ten percent being expected by the end of the year, uh, and an average of seven percent maybe by twenty twenty two. And if you uh, look at all of the analysis. Uh, the best estimate is that the unemployment rate is not going to come back to pre-COVID rates uh, of, of just under 5% until late uh, 2023. And we've had about 1.2 million people uh, in receipt of some form of income support. And the unfortunate truth is that I think as um, we start to unwind some of the very important uh, COVID supports to businesses, many of those businesses are going to have to resize. And unfortunately, we, we expect in Stratus at least that we will see a surge in redundancies that will follow. So in those circumstances, uh, I think that is pretty strong evidence to say that for the most part, um, it's about job security and uh, sustaining jobs, not about uh, pay increases uh, for, for most employers. Okay. And how relevant for the private sector is what has been happening on public sector pay? Um, well, I think it has been interesting, first of all, that, of course, notwithstanding the pandemic, that the government has uh, decided to conclude an agreement on pay with uh, its its uh, public sector staff. And we believe that that's been principally, I suppose, driven by uh, clearly the importance of securing industrial peace uh, in, the, in the public sector. But also, uh, in, in fairness, I think a desire on the part of government as employer to recognise uh, the contribution that, that many public servants have made during the course of the pandemic and including obviously uh, th those many fantastic frontline uh, workers. Um, but I suppose the context I think is is certainly interesting around the public sector pay piece um, because the, the government as we know has spent more than six billion on wage subsidies since the start of the, the pandemic and, and public debt is forecast to grow to somewhere around 240 uh, uh, billion for 2021 up about uh, 10% uh, on on uh, 2020 so we ha we have a, a new building momentum public service uh, pay deal uh, that over for the next uh, 3 years that's expected to cost about 900 million or thereabouts and i think for us what's interesting is that uh, given i suppose the the level of debt uh, that we're now looking at, uh, and those debt levels, by the way, just to put it into, uh, I suppose, maybe more understandable terms, that 240 billion is about 48,000 uh, on a per capita basis. That's the highest in the EU and the, uh, higher even, for example, than our nearest neighbours in the UK. Uh, so notwithstanding the pay agreement itself, I think for us, what's interesting is some of the other elements where you have maybe just shy of about 240 million uh, being allocated to a sector fund to allow for sector negotiations in various various elements. Another 150 million 
uh, to deal with other issues, including the working hours, restoration of working hours issue, which is a hangover from the Haddington Road Agreement and other commitments in overtime and premium pay. And I have to say, based on our experience of how public service agreements have operated in the past, really, we can't have any confidence that those estimates of true cost are accurate. And we absolutely do expect that sector agreements, uh, as they have done in the past for on too many occasions in the public sector, have the potential to reintroduce and drive multiple uh, leapfrogging uh, claims. So from a private sector point of view, that clearly would be a worry. Okay, and I suppose then looking at the private sector, what was happening on private sector pay up to now? Um, again, that's a that's an interesting kind of backstory as opposed to to where we are in twenty twenty one. I think it's fair to say that before the pandemic hit, the, the run rate for private sector pay was running at in or about two and a half percent, maybe per annum. In many cases, maybe for 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 up to about uh, three years. Most of those agreements, though, it's important to say, had, had some productivity uh, element. Um, and then, I suppose, over 2020, again, understandably, because of the pandemic, for, for many employers, pay was off the agenda, uh, and especially, as I say, for those uh, reliant on the domestic uh, economy. Um, and then, I suppose, for a minority of, of employers, and mainly those maybe in internationally traded sectors, who may not have been hugely impacted by by COVID or where maybe negotiations had commenced, most would have followed through to honour commitments on on, on pay. Uh, but in other instances, uh, we we believe that look some looking back on some multinationals would have deferred or delayed negotiations to evaluate the impact uh, of COVID nineteen on on their business and trading environment. Okay, and in terms of the advice that Stratus has issued to employers, um, you've stressed the need to balance affordability amidst uncertainty in any engagement. What does this mean? Yeah, well, again, it's a, I suppose it's a reality check for the very diverse set of circumstances now in which we find ourselves, but mainly informed by the level of uncertainty caused by the uh, pandemic. And of course, for some uh, firms, additionally, of course, the impact of, of, of Brexit in terms of the impact it has on their capacity not just to deal with the pay conversation, but actually to sustain jobs and even for some uh, survival. So I suppose uh, what it actually means uh, in, in substantive terms is that where companies are looking at evaluating their, their pay strategy, where they believe that there is some expectation on the part of employees uh, as, as uh, the pandemic subsides, um, I think there's there's a need, I suppose, for employers to to do a number of things. I think they, first of all, I think before any consideration is given to a new pay conversation, we believe that employers should make sure they're getting full value um, of commitments under their existing agreements. Um, and for the reasons that I've just said, where inflation certainly doesn't justify uh, in, any consideration of any substantive increases, uh, I think any increases need to be on the basis of some cost offsetting measures, uh, on the basis of some productivity arrangements, and they certainly uh, should avoid paying separately uh, for, for change. And, and unionised environments, I think there is a substantive challenge uh, can be made to uh, to those trade unions uh, to, to justify any claimed uh, pay increases. But again, depending on the local circumstance of each employer, 
Uh, some may want to delay discussions until maybe later in the year when there's a bit more certainty about uh, what the outlook is, about trading conditions. And uh, for some, inability to pay may well be the best and more credible uh, response. Uh, others will take a view that maybe a short pay deal or perhaps a lump sum uh, in, in, in lieu of any consolidated increases for a short period of 12 months might be the better approach. Um, uh, but uh, I think it's likely to be the case that only in the case of a minority of employers, uh, if some multinationals that have not maybe been impacted by COVID uh, may well look to conclude deals we estimate probably in that range of two to two and a half percent where there's a productivity justification. But we believe that, that the actual trend will be to the lower end of that range. Uh, and the term will still probably be in that sort of one to three year territory, but subject, uh, subject to price. And it's really important, certainly for those companies de doing deals in unionized environments with, um, uh, with their trade unions that they are, are clear about commitments about non-pursuit of cost increasing claims and that there's continuing cooperation with normal ongoing change and matters of that nature. As organisations look to assess and overcome the current challenges and to establish greater certainty, what options do you think are open to them to assess what, what course is actually best for them in terms of their pay strategy for 2021? Yeah, so it's just maybe uh, as opposed to echo a couple of really important points. I mean, unfortunately, look, the reality is uh, for the overwhelming majority of businesses, market conditions are going to stay incredibly weak. Um, so even even as uh, hopefully recovery takes hold. So I think for an awful lot of businesses, first of all, they're going to be focusing on, look, do we still need to take temporary measures? Uh, that may include, obviously, not being a, in a position to have any conversation, needless to say, about pay. Uh, but actually, they may need, um, and I suspect this will be absolutely the case in the domestic economy across large tranche of maybe hospitality, uh, retail, personal services, etc., where as some of the supports are unwound, that those businesses will have to take further temporary uh, relief measures. It could be temporary layoffs or short time working. Uh, or even maybe for some uh, temporary pay reductions where they are able to, to sustain uh, jobs at a level. Um, beyond that, I think there are, will then be decisions about uh, whether for the individual employer, can they secure an agreement or are they in a position to secure an agreement maybe with staff that delivers wage certainty for a period and that's a, maybe a combination of either formally agreed pay pause maybe suspension of any expected incentive payments, maybe some commitment to a modest adjustment in the future. Um, uh, and as, a, as we've indicated in our guidance, for some it may be to say, look, they will have to buy time because of their circumstances uh, to pause any commencement of discussions and review matters towards maybe the end, end of the year. Uh, so it will very much come down to the, to the commercial and economic circumstances of the particular uh, em employment. Um, but the one thing, I suppose, that we would absolutely uh, encourage is, look, you know, this is about active communication. One of the reasons why, um, I suppose, employers and workers have managed to come through the horrendous and difficult experience of the last uh, year and a half is because, look, 
you know, there's been good communication, good understanding reached about the impact of what's possible, what is impossible uh, in the most extraordinary circumstances. And we'd love to see that, um, I suppose, uh, uh, esprit de corps, so to speak, being maintained around uh, an active communication program at the level of the enterprise, making sure employees are kept fully up to date and the employer being seen to understand uh, the concerns of, of staff and to engage with staff. And, and we all know that effective communications will be vital uh, to make sure there's a good understanding of what uh, is best for the organisation and its ability to sustain employment. And we see that uh, as also being at the core of the pay conversation. Brilliant. Some excellent advice there. Brendan, thank you for a very insightful and informative discussion. Lots of food for thought there and some excellent pointers for employers to consider when it does come to private sector pay. Um, For anyone who would like further information or to access any of the resources that were mentioned, we promise to include them in the show notes. We'll also provide links to the resources in the insights section of our website, stratus.ie. And thanks to all of those who have taken the time to listen to the first official Stratus Insights podcast. Keep an ear for more and please remember to leave us a review after you listen.